Hello, and welcome to the Bookish Banter Podcast, where we'll be sharing our opinions about our favorite books, authors, and bookish impulse buys. Follow along on our journey to finishing and sharing our endless TBR. Go ahead and subscribe, leave us a review, and follow us on our Instagram and TikTok at the Bookish Banter Podcast. Let's get started. This episode contains spoilers from the entire A Court of Thorns and Roses series by Sarah J. Mass. How goes it? <laughs> oh, it is going. It is going. We are in the second month of the year. What a time to be alive. Oh, yeah. We're, we're you know, living our best lives. <laughs> these are, these are fair thoughts. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's a good time. No, we're good. It's, um, you know, we're still all dealing with the whole COVID stuff and all the craziness and work from home and the back and forth and the who knows what what the future holds so 2022 has already been a rough year I mean it's been it's been a year already so you know hopefully it slows down but you know probably won't so here we are <laughs> yeah not just not just you know we're gonna start this 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 episode on a very happy note yeah this is gonna <laughs> be a good episode we have some we have some passionate thoughts about everything that's about to come up so might as well start mm-hmm. it where we start it many thoughts. So um, if you're still with us after listening to our last episode about, um, I guess our last episode with the hating game, but our last episode covering the Akatar series was Akawar. So today we are moving on to Akathas and I have thoughts and feelings. Both of us do. Both of us have many thoughts, many feelings, many um, I twitch moments, I feel, <laughs> which are valid. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess if we want to start into it, um, let's do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. This, this book is sickeningly sweet. My like initial thoughts on it is that it is, is it? the entire, well, their relationship is sickeningly sweet. I guess it's just not like it's, it feels to me like this entire book was a culmination of being bad at buying each other gifts and realizing that like life goes on wanting to have all the sex they can. And then a very fun, but childish game of snowball fighting. I don't even, there's like, there's like a deep, I don't even know. What am I saying? This book is like a lot of Feyre and Reese just trying to bang them being really bad at buying each other presents. And then them not realizing that like, they were mean to each other, mean to Nesta, and don't really know how to cope without being at war. Some real PTSD happens in this book. They're they're struggling with basically the after effects and how to go back to normal life after the, you know, war with Highburn and everything, which is valid. I mean, you know, that's one thing that was very frustrating to me is that they push Nessus there. Like it's been a few months and she is like still struggling. Like what's wrong with her. And like Cassian's like, it's taken me years to get to a point where I could handle anything after like battle and war and things. And it, I just, again, continuous, let's continue on with this narrative of them being very unfair and lacking in grace and understanding of Nesta and how she's dealing with her trauma. And I praise Amran for being like, leave her alone. Leave, leave it alone. Leave, leave her alone. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think I have some feelings about how every single character in this book is so different than they have been in the, in the previous three. Like I, I feel like when we ended, Nesta was obviously really sad with her dad and she's trying to handle that and like internalize that trauma and her and Elaine, you know, like have some moments by themselves after Feyre leaves and all that kind of stuff. There's no indication that Nesta's kind of gone off the deep end and moves to the slums or whatever at the end of A Court of Wings and Ruin. Like there's just no indication that this is kind of the direction that Nesta's taking, like alcoholism and her like sleeping with a bunch of people and all these things. And this is never something that Nesta's ever done. Like never, and I know that it's trauma, but like Nesta's never been out there like being scandalous and going against the grain. And, And so I know that that's like her way of handling the trauma, but it just seems so very out of character for her versus like her just sitting in her room being isolated and not speaking to anyone. I don't really understand where the switch came from that we're going to turn her into an alcoholic and turn her into like 
I don't even know, like not slutty is not the right word, but turning her into someone that's like going to the bar every night. Promiscuous. Yeah. Promiscuous. Like I, that is such a weird character shift for her. Elaine yeah. and the way that she handles everything and becomes like friends with the race. And they're like, oh my God, look at Elaine. How cute. Good, good for cute. A little Elaine making friends with them and making bread. Good for her. She's handling her trauma. She, she's handling all the bad things that are happening in her life. Like she's doing well. It's like, that's so out of character for Elaine. And I understand that that's character development, but Reese and his like attitude towards Lucian, what he does to Tamlin, the way that favor acts about everything, the way that more is just so like last la, 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 la about everything. And so what really made me mad was like Asriel and Cassian were like, do we have to get them presents? And I was like, who are you guys? Like, you guys are supposed to be this big, tough warriors who care so much about your family. And then you're like, oh, do we have to care about the other people that are going to be here? Weird. And I was like, yeah, it's, I, I summed up this entire book and this, this is how I, this is how I summed up. Reese just wants to bang Feyre. That's, that's his only thought in the entire book. Um, Feyre is back to her. Should I paint again? Like that? I just, the painting, it just drives me crazy. Nesta is struggling and Farah doesn't care because it's not about her. Um, Elaine is baking. Cassian is, has anger issues. Like he's also struggling. As is playing with the shadows, Moore is continuing to ignore her problems. Amran is just being the queen that she is. That's literally the gist of the entire book is like, and then snowball fights and a really terrible sex scene, which we will get to because I have, some many thoughts on that yeah, one I'd to hear about that one um <laughs> at the beginning of this where there's so much internal monologue of Feyre sort of simplifying everything that happened in the last two books I found it very repetitive and irritating and I know that it's a start of a new book so you kind of do have to explain a few things but it was just like is is this really the way that you had to explain it her monologue of being like we're all still trying to recover and it's like yeah that's obvious or you know this happened here and it's like yeah we already know and I know that like Again, it's the start of a new book. So she kind of has to add that in there, but nobody's picking up a quarter frost and starlight thinking like, this is the first book in the series. Let me just go for it. So I thought that was really weird and annoying. And I don't even know where to start. Let's talk about her going to rainbow, meeting that chick and then her like deciding to paint in the dark. Yeah. Do you feel like that was a good kind of progression of her dealing with like her issues with painting or was that something that you felt like was kind of cringy because I kind of liked the idea of her not being like, okay, I haven't been painting in months. And obviously like, I want to get back to it because it's something I'm passionate about. And then she invites me to this thing and her like thinking about showing up and then deciding to not and like go somewhere else. Like I thought that was a pretty good transition. It was a little cringy Mm -hmm. of the way her being like, you know, setting up the inside of the studio and like, nobody would know that I'm here in this damaged building. Like that was a little dramatic for me, but I kind of liked the progression of her not just like going straight away to go paint with everyone. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I agree. I like that. Um, I thought it was so weird with her. Like she, she's so adamant about these being her people and her court and loving her people and blah, 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 blah. And so on and so forth. But then she just has like so much. She's like, I just don't deserve their love. Like she's just like, and it's trauma. It's trauma, like for sure. But it's also just, I don't know. It's just, it's very, it was kind of cringy to me and the whole like, I painted myself and what I saw in the mirror. And I'm just like, here we are with the dramatics again. And then, yeah, I just, that was really a lot of it. And I did like the whole- irritates me quite a bit. Yeah. I will not lie. You know, and then eventually, basically she opens up the studio and it's a whole thing. And like, you know, I, I like the idea of like painting as, as therapy, especially with like the kids that, you know, lost their family or, you know, saw terrible things in the attack and things like that. And I did like that um evolution of that so I really enjoyed that that part of it but I just the painting is like we get it Feyre you like to paint like I just four books of painting and like mentions of like this is what I would name this paint I I don't care I don't care and then you've got Reese who (sighs) I couldn't handle myself so I banged my wife in the air (laughs) I, that's it's so, so cringy dumb. and he's like all I want is eight hours of sleep and to spend the entire night fucking and I was like yep mm-hmm. and you're did like you this like, is wanna, did you want to just preface what like the next few books are going to be about were you trying to like lean into something here because you guys barely even talked about that in the last book and mm-hmm. now all you can think about is your erection while you're in the middle of a business meeting like I just well that and also the change in tone of the sex scenes in the first three books versus this book is 
it, it was like a bad punchline. Like every yeah. single one of his like little comments was like, I'll mm-hmm. eat something. I know what I want tonight. I'll do the sleeping. Like, fuck off. Like, it was just so, it's like, it was just childish. All of those mm-hmm. lines to me were so childish. And I was like, this is nothing like the romantic, romanticized version of your guys' love story that you guys have put yeah. in the light for us. That this one is just dirty, filthy nonsense. And it's not even like oh, good. Yeah. It's not even mm-hmm. like good smut. It's just like no. <laughs> bad punchlines and really awkward sex scenes. And you're like, okay. This sex scene, I have never cringed so much in my life reading a sex like okay like I said the sex scene is so the the transformation from the like sweet whatever like romanticized version in the first three books versus this one it's it's cringy one like it's just it's gross and can we all take a moment to 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 realize that he came because she sent him a vision of their son she sent him a vision of their son and he's like, ah, like, why, why, why is that? Why, why? Like, I, I just, I, I can't, like, I literally read that and I closed the book and set it down and it was like, I, you no. go away for a while, please. Yeah. Let's not um, make this a thing. Like, this is, that's said, so fucking cringy. I have said it before. And I don't know if I ever, I said this in the outtakes. I can't remember if I kept this or not, but I hate babies. I hate babies. I do not enjoy children as an entity. I understand that we all came from there. We all were kids before. I don't like them in real life, in fantasy, uh, as a trope. I just can't handle it. It like physically makes me ill. This is why I'm so excited to talk about because twice, twice in both books is it brought up that I don't want to have a kid yet because I want to live my life with Reese. And this is the philosophy that I have for a lot of people that I think when you first get married, this is just, this turned into a life advice episode. You're all welcome. That when you first get married, you guys should spend time together, getting to know each other and getting to know what it's like to live a married life before you decide to have kids. I think it's stupid. I genuinely do. And I know that like this, and it's just my opinion and everyone else's opinion is valid. I understand people left children and all that. Personally, I fucking hate children. But I think that there is such a good thing. This is me raging in case anyone was curious about my real opinions on life. I think there's so much to be said about like spending time together before you decide to have Mm -hmm. children. And they said that twice in Akamath and in um, Akawar. She says it. I can't wait to spend my life with him before we decide to have children. I know that we're going to have a son because the bone carver showed me, but like, I can't wait to live this life with him. They're going to live forever. Within the first, hmm, I don't know, seven months of their marriage, she's pregnant. Okay, cute, precious, absolutely fucking adorable. She's 21, he's 500, red flag. It's literally, it's also literally that she's just like, I don't know, like the whole book, it's her also deciding, do I like, okay, the mention of her, it's it's now semi-annual, it's not a monthly, it's not her period, it's her like period, okay, like, first of all, why do we talk about this? I know that it's like- it's nice that it's realistic and I appreciate it, but like we talked about it thrown a glass and we talked about it here. And I just don't care that you bleed from your lady parts. We all do it moving on. It is not something that makes me feel more engrossed in the story talking about whether or not you have a tampon moving on next. Go ahead. I just, the fact this is, this is also going into the, like, let's just continue to traumatize our characters even more. Let's make you, let's make you literally be in so much pain that your husband has to clean you up because you are so in so much pain and let's just continue to traumatize you for a week straight and just like why what what was you could have just been like yeah it's like a semi-annual thing and it was like kind of took me by surprise I, I don't know you know or what you could talk about it like that's fine it's valid to talk about it I think it's valid and it's whatever and it's a lot of times brushed over and so on and so forth but why did you have to make it such a terrible, horrible, traumatic experience? And I know a lot of people do have like a lot of pain associated with it and things like that. But like, basically, basically you're just like, you're just like, I can't handle this. This is terrible. This is the worst pain I've ever felt in my life. Like probably worse than childbirth or whatever. I don't know. But like from the way she described it is what it sounded like. And it's like, why, what was the point of that? What was, what was the point of that? What was the point of making it so terribly horrific? I just, I again, that she has to be like, oh, I need to warn Nest and Elaine. It's been six months. It's going to happen to them soon. It's just, it's, it's not even like it's acknowledging it, but then not and providing like graphic details and kind of the yeah. wrong variety. And it's like, I exactly. appreciate that you recognize that like women 
do have a, something that they go through and like, it's difficult and whatever. And I appreciate that you bring it up. I understand it, but it's like, it couldn't just like, we all have bad periods. Like move on. You don't need to share that. Like everyone vomits profusely and like has the worst fucking time with it. Like, I just don't need to know. I, I like, we've all gone through it. We've all had that experience, but like, it doesn't make me feel more connected to the character to, to know that like Elaine is going to be vomiting off the side of her bed and that Nesta can't get in a bathtub, even though she's like bleeding all over her sheets. Like, it's just fucking gross. I don't know. It just, it's one of those things that like, it just doesn't, yeah. it's, it's, it's not one of those things you had to point out. Like, do you, you know what I mean? You don't need to share that they get a period. That's how I feel. And I know it makes yeah. them more human, but like, you don't have to share it. You know, it doesn't, it's not something that appeals yeah. to me. It also doesn't yeah. in the same way that children don't appeal to me. So maybe I'm weird, but <laughs> I just can't, that sex scene is so gross. And like, just their whole experience together and how like close and awesome their relationship is. And they're just so wonderful and they love each other so much and they just want the best things for each other. And like, maybe we shouldn't wait to have kids. Maybe we should just go back at everything that we've ever said for the last two books in a row, just so we get to have kids. And then I'm just going to have all these other issues and all this trauma in the next book where like, maybe I fucking die <laughs> and get brought back again. This is very, this is very Dean and Sam. <laughs> One dies one season and the other dies the next yeah, season. Yeah, it's exhausting. And they just I, keep coming back. And you're like, okay, so right, when is no, like, spoiler. when is, when is death going to show up and be like, enough? I don't know. Yeah. So that Reese in this book drove me crazy. And here we go again with more not dealing with her trauma. You know, she, they go down to the human city and they meet up with Eris and her father again. And it's like, this terrible, awkward thing. What were your thoughts on the fact that they have like multiple POVs in this one? Did it confuse you at all? Or did you appreciate it? No, I liked it. Okay. I was here. I'm here. I'm, I always love multiple POVs unless it's something that it's like necessary to have a single POV. I like multiple POVs. I prefer multiple POVs. The main characters were fine. Mm -hmm. I just like forgot about that until I opened this book and realized there were like, this was a little bit of everything. Yeah. And I think I appreciated that more because we finally got like a glimpse into Cassian and, and more mm-hmm. and like all those people and got to see that a little bit better. But I didn't like this scene where Moore's like, I need a snarky comeback, but I don't have one. So just walked away. And I know that my dad is judging me. And I was like, yeah, are you okay? Do you need some help? No, like, she's not okay. She does need help. She needs I a know. therapist. She needs her, she needs her inner circle to be there for her in a way that is not just like ignoring everything and it just it drives me crazy and it's just like she and like she has this conversation with Reese. he's like you can like be my emissary in the continent and so on and so forth and get away from here which I think is going to be good for her to like get the hell away from there and like be away from everything that is so very traumatic for her and like actually I don't know live her life and maybe face some of this trauma I just she's like is it me running away and I'm like kind of but it's probably going to be the best thing for you. That's fine. But it's like, make a decision that's good for you and not just because you're like, I'm scared. And it's just like, yeah. Like and you're, we, you're an adult, so you're allowed to do, and you're allowed to say, make a decision because you're scared, but you have to say yeah. that. You need to say, I'm scared, so I'm going to do this. And I think this is the, mm-hmm. what's best for me. But the miscommunication in this whole book is just like unbelievable. She just covers all, she just covers basically her band-aid is, is alcohol. And that's sad. It's very sad. And it's, that's something that kind of makes me sad about some of the things that I see is everyone's like, oh, she's just like so fun and like drinks alcohol and like loves her wine. And I'm like, no, she's truly going through it. And she's an alcoholic because of the trauma. And it's like, I feel like that tends to be kind of brushed over and it kind of makes me sad because that's uh, a lot of people deal with their trauma that way or deal with their feelings that way. And it's not a healthy way to deal with it. And to almost romanticize that is very cringy to me as being like the fun party girl party aunt that like everyone you know yeah yeah I agree mm-hmm. I think I think in this book too the multiple POVs kind of masks all of the characters lack of communication and instead of yeah. actually communicating out loud she just decides to do it via internal monologue by allowing them to have multiple POVs which I think irritated me a little bit because it's like it was nice to get inside their head and kind of know more about what's going on but they, they seem like such different characters to me now than what they were viewed as through Feyre's eyes and I understand that it just felt a little disingenuine to me. So let, let's talk a little bit about the very beginning part where Reese goes to visit Tamlin. I think that was the part, the biggest part for me where I was like, these aren't, this isn't who they are. These aren't the characters yeah. that like we've known yeah. and loved for the last three books. Yeah. So he decides to go to the spring court. He offers Feyre the chance to come and go visit Tamlin. He kind of gets there. 
to no one's surprise, the, the manor is like torn apart. And he says it, he's like, oh, this is a male who is just like yeah. falling apart, blah, blah, blah. I, like I said, at the end of the last episode, I think that Tamlin redeemed himself. I think he did what he thought was right. I think he still needs to obviously work through quite a few things, but it felt to me in the way that he brought Byron onto the battlefield in the way that he gave some of himself to give race life and the way that he told Farah be happy that he was look, he was more willing to look at himself and more willing to maybe put in some form of work and look back and say like, yeah, I need to be a better person to find the manner in shambles and for Reese to poke fun felt very much like, I don't know, disingenuous to like Tamlin's character and for him to act the way that he did. And just like, you're really, you're really like twisting the knife and saying that Tamlin's the worst and he's not. Well, and that's, and that's, and that's something that I've seen too, is, is everyone, everyone makes Tamlin out to be the ultimate villain in the series. And he's not, he's just not, he's not the ultimate villain. I mean, yeah, he's garbage, but he's not the ultimate villain. And it makes me, it just kind of, I don't know. I just, I felt, I, I like, I'm not gonna lie. I felt bad for him in this part. And it was just like, why, why? And when Lucian, I love that Lucian was like, and the fact that your mate showed up and kicked a male while he was down and treated him like shit. He's like, He's been through enough. Yeah, he knows. He's he's you don't have to remind him that like he's in a bad way. So get over yourself. And I I love Lucian for that. And this whole I just I don't know. I just felt so bad for Tampa. I had such a rage too because Reese is like, well, I don't really trust Lucian. And I don't really trust the way that he is around you. And I'm never gonna forgive him. And it's like you forgave him in the last book. And we talked about this already, but it just that shift in in turning both of them into the the villains again it's like they were the villains two books ago and we hated Mm -hmm. them for it and we were mad at them but they've done things to redeem themselves and they're working on it and everybody makes mistakes everybody has those days (laughs) everybody knows what I'm talking about um (laughs) but like it just it was so sad I was like there's no way that this is the Tamlin that like told Feyre to be happy and this is no way Mm -hmm. this is the Tamlin who like I understand that his court would be in shambles but just for Reese to go there and be like oh you don't feel like picking a fight it's like how fucking old are you Reese like you're just some frat boy douchebag who's trying to make himself feel better by being like oh yeah with wings yeah he is and he's like oh I got the girl ha 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 and it's like this guy used to be your friend he's doing what he can to to redeem himself you've made bad choices he's made bad choices it's been 500 years maybe this is the time to reach out a hand and be like we're not friends, but we can be acquaintances and I'm going to sit here and help you. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, I offer you guards. I'm going to give you guards. Of course, Tamlin's not going to take them, but you can yeah. say, hey, let me offer you money or let's work something out with, uh, who is the court that's closer to them? The summer court autumn. or something like autumn. Yeah, not them. The other ones, the summer court. Let's like talk to the summer court and like build a relationship with Tarquin or something. Like it just, it, it was so cringy to me. And I was like, is this Reese? Like, is this the, the leader that he is from his point of view and how he sees himself? that's fine, but that's not the race that you guys have been showing for the last three books. And it just felt very like catty and snide versus like suave and manipulative, which is what Reese yep. is. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, no, I, I, I had a really hard time reading these Tamlin ones. And then he like comes back and he's like, he's just, his place is in shambles and blah, blah, blah. And Farrah's like, I don't feel bad. Like, I don't feel bad. I'm like, you kind of, you, you, you might you're a little bit to blame on this and yeah he's trash he treated you like crash and everything like this but you can't say the chapter before that you forgive him and then the next chapter say i I don't feel bad that his life is completely destroyed doesn't work that way so i don't know it just there's that and then it's like how did you feel about the lucian and elaine like gift scene and that whole pharah's comment to him just i was sent me like sent me I was so mad she's like well yeah because none of you have homes and I was just like she did not fucking say that to him like she did not he saved their ass by bringing Vasa and everyone and this entire army during the war like I'm sorry what and he's, he's like, like willing to put himself in danger and go back and do all that and be like I'll go be a liaison and I want to help Vasa who's gonna stop this war forever right like mm-hmm. stop war, war from ever coming again or working on the tree and all this and they just treat him like garbage the whole gifting thing in general just makes me angry because it starts with as being like oh do we have to get them any gifts and Cassie being like oh yeah shit I forgot should we get them stuff and it's like not really like I kind of understand where Moore says that but then her like talking shit about Asriel's gifts and, and Cassian's gifts and being like 
well, he gets me a dagger every year, but I don't know how to say, I don't need that. So you could get them whatever they wanted. And they'd probably be so happy. And it's like, why do you have to ask? I guess, I don't know. Maybe that's the wrong way to say that. It's just weird that she felt that she had to ask more and, and then what to get. And then the, the talk about how much money they have and all that shit. And then she's mm-hmm. like, forgets to get Nesta anything. And the then continuous talk. Like, oh, oh, the fact that she's like, you need to come to dinner. You need to come to dinner. She's forced. She's trying to force her to come to dinner and come to the thing. And then she never gets her a present. And none of them do. Like Amarin doesn't like nobody gets her anything. Like Amarin and her friends. Elaine so, like, does. Elaine right, gets her right. something and Cassie gets her something. But like. Yeah. And he doesn't give it to her in public, right? Like he gives it to her in mm-hmm. private. Because here we go again with him being like a gaslighty fuck. And not wanting to show anybody that cares about her. He's like, here's this box. And she's like, yeah, no, I don't want your box. Basically. Yeah. And then he's like, I can't believe you would say that about me. You're like, fuck off, Cassian. You're such a fucking asshole. Like, this is is a very explicit episode, but I just hated that. (laughs) I hated the whole thing that everyone was like, oh, I get that. Who, whose decision was it that you guys get to decide who gets to give gifts and shit like that? Like, and who, who doesn't have to give things and like, you get to be mean about what people give each other and how he was, she was just so awful to Lucian. I was like, it's it, that, that whole thing made me mad. Just the fact that they I love how like, he so like, awkward about he like all of it. brings them gifts, even though it's like not his court, he knows yep. it's a custom for them. He's trying to be respectful. Like, and they're like, and why he did like, you bring this? And you're like, he like brings, yeah. And then he's like talking to Feyre and Feyre's a fucking bitch he he calls he calls reese out he calls yep. it out he's like he's being kicking a mail while he's down and being an asshole and telling him to fucking back off like leave him alone leave him alone like leave him alone and then like if he's gonna act that way leave him alone and it's like this whole thing and she's like trying to defend him and i'm like what reese did was like not okay and then he's like yeah i'm gonna go live with like vasa and jurian basically he's like because yeah. he's made a genuine friends because we've talked about this like lucian doesn't really fit in anywhere you know and like he went to the night court and he feels like an outsider which i mean they treat him that way so obviously he's gonna feel that way and then he finds friends which the fact kind of like make him feel guilty for being elaine's mate and it's like that wasn't his choice like he didn't decide that and you guys can't make him feel guilty for having feelings for elaine and like wanting to include himself in things and then also being like well you're only here because of that and it's like no Feyre, he wanted to be your friend originally like you know, maybe not in Akatar, but de- definitely in Akamath. Like he was trying to be there for you, not in the right way, but like he was there. And yes, if him and Elaine weren't mates, he probably wouldn't have come with you. But like Lucian's a decent guy. He's not the mm-hmm. best, but he's definitely not the worst. And you guys make him feel bad for having feelings for Elaine that he didn't choose. And just because she doesn't yeah. reciprocate them doesn't mean that he's not allowed, that his feelings aren't valid. That's that's yep. exactly what, what Tamlin was doing in the first one is exactly what you guys are doing right now. Your feelings aren't valid. You don't know your own mind. What you're doing is wrong. You don't get to push this on people. Well, no, but Elaine doesn't either. And Elaine doesn't get yeah. to sit by and dangle that fucking carrot in front of Lucian and Azriel and, and, and cause all this drama and stuff. Oh, like that just made me really mad. I was like, poor Lucian for trying yeah. to do something nice and like being a part of this and having the cojones to like stand up to Reese and then favor being like, well, you remember that one time that you didn't defend me? Yeah. Well, like, it's like that. And then it's like, oh, you're homeless. And it's like, yeah. ma'am, really? And he's like, that's a low blow. Fuck you. And he just like dips out. And I'm like, good for you, Lucian. And I, I do love him. He's like, you know, we're, what did he call them? Like, what did they call themselves? Like a band of misfits or something like that or whatever. And, you know, him and Jurian and Vasa. And they'd like, you can tell that it's a genuine friendship that, you know, they have like the inside jokes and they like talk. The fact that they, okay, let's just throw this out here too. Okay, SJM, let's continue to bring on the heartbreak for, for Lucian, the fact that his best friends are mortal. Okay, that's that's real nice. They're going to die in, what, 40 years? And that's you're fine. just it's like... fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. You know, you just can't catch a fucking break, can he? But it's just like, it's so frustrating because it's just like, Pharaoh wasn't mad. Pharaoh's mad because he found friends outside of the circle that she's quote unquote offering him she's like you don't want to be our friend then screw you it's just like get over yourself get over yourself get over it it just you make him feel like trash and you treat him like shit and then you're pissed off when he doesn't want to hang around well and then her and reese's internal monologue where he's like i'm never gonna forgive him i'm never gonna trust him and she's like well i'm gonna try and it's like are you trying and i just don't understand i don't appreciate that they like talk smack about him behind his back and then when he's like, okay, well, I'm going to go do what's best for me. They're like, um, excuse me, you should be groveling and being so thankful for what I've offered you. And he's like, mm-hmm. I am thankful. Here are your gifts. And she's like, yeah, well, enjoy being homeless. And you're like, okay, 
That's nice. Yeah. He's going to be homeless I on just... the continent with his three best friends. We're the three best friends. We're the three best friends. Like, I don't know. I just, I, I can't. They make me so mad. Yeah. I just, that was so out of character for the whole group. And I just hated the gift giving exchange. That entire scene gives me the rage because Elaine's like, uh, guys. And then they're like, oh my God, you're so right. We forgot to give Nessa. Did you get Nessa something? Oh my God. You didn't get, nobody gave Nessa anything. And then they just like, kind of don't feel bad. They're like, well, she's a bitch. So it's like, yeah. Even though I invited you here and basically forced you to come. You guys have ample money and she's your sister and you're not allowed to paint her in a golden light for some of the books and then not in the other and act like, I don't know. She just was always there for her. Even in the beginning when they had no money, she was like, my boots have holes in them, but like, I'm going to buy Nesta like new boots. I don't know. It just was a weird like dynamic there. And the fact that she just was so forgetful about that part of it. And then that like Elaine didn't say anything to to Feyre about it was weird to me. Yeah. I don't know. It just, it's like, it just could have so been easily prevented. And I don't like that Nessa is such a write-off in this one just to build the character for a course. To build trauma. Things. Yeah. And it's just, just, just like, how fucked up. Just, Could you imagine going to Christmas with your family or your like your friend group and showing up and like one person got you a gift and everybody else gets 40. I'd be furious. I'm, I'm yeah. Yep. I'm such a, a gift mongrel, but like, I would just be angry. I, I I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, okay. I'm going to confess something. Oh. And I feel this, like, this is, I'm such a fucking terrible person. One year at Christmas, we, uh, <laughs> all exchanged gifts and my sister thought I had bought my mom's gift. And I thought my sister had bought my mom's gift and my mom didn't have a gift for Christmas. And I have never, I still, to this day, I mean, and that was like years ago, but I still, to this day, like I, I hate myself so deeply for that and I should because it was a fucking terrible thing and so mom I love you <laughs> so sorry to bring up that memory I love you but yeah I mean it's it's terrible like it's to be the person feeling. it's not okay to be I mean I I can't even imagine what that felt like as like being that person but like on the other end too you're just like yeah I mean it's 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 a terrible feeling and so like I, I'm not, I, I, I deserve to just continuously be, feel guilt over that. And I do, I mean, this is like 10 years ago that this happened and I still, to this day, I'm like, I'm a fucking terrible daughter. Like I'm a horrible person, like a horrible person. I still kick myself in the ass for that. So I'm sorry, mom. I love you to just the ends of the earth and back. That situation is super awkward when you're just like, so, and I, it, it, and for me, I felt, I still feel remorse to this day for them the to just be like, like secondhand embarrassment <laughs> for them to just be like, oh, that sucks. I'm sorry. What? Like I was like, <clears throat> to someone you, you, you allegedly love. Yeah. And like Nesta has done a lot of things and it's questionable whether or not she deserves it. Blah, blah, blah. If we're going to go that route. But like, it was just so uncomfortable. The fact that like they've done so much to each other and Elaine and her have gone through so much. And honestly, the way that it ended didn't feel like Nesta was in the shell that she was in. And so to do this 180 shift of her being like, well, she doesn't talk to us anymore. She lives over by herself. She just steals our money and like drinks a lot was such a weird shift for me. And then them not even trying, they were always going through so much when she was in the spring court and Reese was there trying to do things for her. And I understand that he was her mate and all that stuff, but Cassian was trying to, too. Azra was trying to, you know, and there's a line in the next one. That's like, just keep reaching out your hand. And Cassian does do it slightly, but like all of them did such a good job trying to deal with Favor's trauma and trying to get her out of that feeling of like self-deprecation. When it came to Elaine and Nesta, it was just like, they just brushed it off as like, they should be over it at this point. And no one was like, Hey, what's going on? Why aren't you here? What's happening with you that you don't feel like you can talk to us? I don't know. It's just a really weird shift in like all of the characters for them to then make her like feel guilty for all of that. And like, feel bad for not handling things properly. And just, I don't know where it came from that she all of a sudden like lived in the slums and drank at the bar every night. Yeah, it was, I mean, obviously it's like her trauma manifesting, but it's also just like, I don't One know. book ago when just... she had that same trauma, well, one book ago when she had just got out of the cauldron, she just handled it by not speaking to anyone ever. Mm-hmm. That feels more nested to me than like- Yeah, by like isolating herself. Here. I mean, her dad died and, you know, everything like that. And it's just like a whole thing, but it's just like, the fact that Feyre tried to use their dad against Nesta, she's like, well, dad went in. She's like, you don't get to say that. My father is still so relevant to me. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Their relationship, like Nesta's relationship with him too, and her being like, 
like we didn't really talk about this in the last one, but him riding in on like the nest of ship. It's like that was cute, but also it was just him like living out his guilt. It's not like he did anything to yeah to like help with the relationships they had. He's just like, here, I brought you some winged angels and a bunch of people. And it wasn't like he was like, I'm sorry for sucking. And he didn't have time to do that because obviously he just like snapped his neck right quick. But I don't see how Nesta is like, I think what she's trying to foreshadow with the riding on the boat thing and the way that she's handling is like, she's having a hard time with like her dad dying. But it's like, we don't really get an explanation of like why she feels this way. Because as far as we knew, she fucking hated her father and she just wanted more from him. And like, obviously she's sad that he's dead, but it's not like she is the one with a claim to like knowing him the best and having the best relationship with him. Like, I know it's traumatic to like have your parents die and, and like have your father die and stuff. But like, you didn't like go off and like tantalize yourself with men when your mom died and you were way closer with your mother. So I don't know that, that just the shift doesn't yeah. make sense. It's just like the, I get what you're trying, what she's trying to do with it. It just, it was so weird to me because I was like, you didn't even like your dad. Yeah. I think it's a guilt thing too. And that she didn't like her dad or that she, I don't, does that make sense? She's liked her dad, but didn't actually, not that she liked her dad, but she obviously loved her dad. He's her father, but like, didn't show that. And then in the lot, like she never had the chance to actually like show that and build that relationship back up kind of a thing. So it's maybe it's like it a loss of that. Um, maybe guilt from that. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't but know. But there's like so and many so, times I feel like she references, she was like, she doesn't wish, but she's like, what would happen if he died? Nothing. You know, like she's just so rude about some stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I get it's probably residual guilt, but it just, it plays weird to me based on the relationship that she has with him and how she just feels like he's never going to be good enough for her or good enough to like make up for the things that he did. So I know she's sad about it, but it's not like that should be her defining character trait is her like sadness mm-hmm. about her dad. It's like, it should be. The no, yeah. She, like, I killed the King of Highburn and the people that love her don't love her, which I just, mm-hmm. her character's weird. It's weird. It's such a change for me. Yeah. All of them are very like, yeah, it's very. Mm-hmm. And then Cassian throwing a fit because she like won't accept his gift and doesn't accept him. And he's like being a baby about it. What's and... in the box? <laughs> you know, I want to know what's in the box. What's in the box? Um, Have you ever seen that meme? That's like when Cassian throws the box into the the Sintra or whatever, and it's yeah. that kid from the the basketball court that's just like crying, and they're like, "What's in the box?" And it's like the kid just like crying, and I'm like, "That is so true." Like I feel that in my soul. Yeah, I I don't know if it was worth waiting a whole year to find out what's in the box, but I this yeah. is another weird scene with the two of them I feel do like you find out what's in the box you yeah, find out that okay the box it's okay very lame um okay I feel like this is I love the Cassian and Nesta scenes because I want them to be together so badly because I feel like they're so good yeah. for each other but there's so many parts in here that are so like toxic masculinity that like really degrades yeah. from the entire experience yep and this is one of them where he's like mm-hmm. you're just being a bitch and it's like Cassian you're literally not the pillar of mental health so let's like calm down about giving people the advice. thing that this makes me really mad is that he's like you're just being a bitch and it's like you literally said in the beginning of this book which is like 20 pages ago when you were like <laughs> Like it's taken me years to handle like being in battle and dealing with war. And here she is like months after. And this is like the first time she's ever seen carnage like that and dealt with things like that. She's had just been turned into a fae and dealt with like the whole cauldron thing. I think when the cauldron broke, I feel like something also kind of broken her. Um, And you also have like her father dying and like everything, everyone else is allegedly moving on and seeming almost unaffected while she is just in this boiling actually she's not she's not I mean she talks about she's just numb she doesn't feel anything and so for him to all of a sudden turn around and just be like I don't understand why you're being such a bitch and it just it pisses me off Cassian I love you you're my favorite bad boy but get your shit together up in this moment is unreal because yep. in the very beginning exactly he's like as soon as i got powers i just went to this village and burned to the fucking ground well that's super mature cassian super duper mature but she's not allowed to go like gallivant around town and have feelings no absolutely not but you by all means raise also, hell when he was like i don't even want to think about the male that stole her maidenhead i wanted to fucking launch that book across the room I was so mad. I was like, what does it matter, Cassian? You slept with more knowing that she was going to get the shit beat out of her. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, you have no room to judge. According to all of this, like, you've been a big fat hoary whore this whole time. Like, you've just Mm -hmm. been sluting it up 
the last 500 and something years. So like, yeah. what does it matter that she slept with a couple of guys? Like I just, mm-hmm. the slut shaming doesn't look good on anyone, kids. It no. just doesn't. It just really don't do doesn't. it. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the cabin and the, the terrible sex scene? Snow fight. We already covered this. No, I know. But the, the snowball oh, fight. The like snowball, the fight. snowball fight. I thought that, that was stuff. cute. I thought that was cute. It's very like, I like the tradition of it. I thought it was cute. I thought it was kind of funny. Um, I don't understand how they determine who wins. Yep. I, I just like didn't, I, I don't, don't know. know. Allegedly uh, Azrael won. I don't know. But. I like that we brought the cabin back because I think this mm-hmm. is my favorite house of all of them. Um, yeah, I agree. Pre all the painting, but I really was very happy they brought it back and like we got a chance to kind of do the cabin scene again and, and that like very intimate moment of the mm-hmm. like group, you know, doing something that was normal for them. So we talk about the gifts. How did you feel about, so you've got like, there's this like ongoing joke that like more is a terrible gift giver. And I will say, I really want some fan art of, of Cassian in like a frilly shirt that, that more got him for winter solstice one year. Like, I think that would be, that would be a great vibe. But, but anyways, and so you've got, you know, they're giving gifts and things and so on and so forth. And how did you feel about Feyre's gifts of to Reese and I love Cassian's like I hope that's not your new pet like uh, it's just like she's like I gave him all of me and I'm like eh. like I just it it's so fucking cringy like it just ugh. it was so disingenuine to a point yeah. where it was like cringy I think that like they have talked a lot about like the sexuality between the two of them but there was just a couple points in here where I was like have you guys ever said these words out loud and like shared this disgusting notion of like, I gave you all of me. Like, have you ever said that? You know what I mean? Like that scene was just so, eh, I was like, eh, I'm uncomfortable. She's like, I gave him all of me and showed him everything with this picture that I painted of the thing that I saw in the mirror. And he just like, he has all of me now. And I'm just like, yeah, but like, they've never <sighs> said stuff like that out loud. You know what I mean? Like I was so uncomfortable. I was like, I get it. You guys it's are very, like, it was very like other, possessive but... things. It was like mine, yours, blah, 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 blah. but it's never been like, here's all of me. Like, yeah, it's too emotional for me. I just, that's not something you need to share with the group. I don't know. It, it was uncomfortable. Like, are we just like John Legend here? Like, is this, is this where we're going with this? Like, I just don't so like. Cringy. It was like, it felt like a very intimate gift and she uh-huh. did not need to share it with the group. No, she should have like given it to him when he was giving her all of the weird gifts that he gave her. I mean, they're not weird. They were good gifts, but like, still, I just, those were the, also he was very like, intimate, you know what I mean? And he gave them. Yeah. To her, like, and it's like, well, she could have given that to him during that time. And I think that's very like weird to be like, here's this picture of this terrible, horrible creature that I saw in the mirror. That's very private. And this is who I am. Let's just give this to you. So everyone can see it. That's like opening lingerie in front of everyone. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just one of those things where it's like, please don't, yeah. that's not, yeah. it's a little too, mm, keep this behind the closed doors. Like I just, mm-hmm. and you know, it's like a bad painting too. So that's even more uncomfortable that everyone has to pretend yeah. like you did a good job, you know, cause like, can't paint. <laughs> so it was just awkward. I didn't like it. I, I don't like the, I also don't like the joke of like one person being a bad gift giver. It's like, mm-hmm. so are you hinting that she doesn't know her friends? Well, is it just like, here's another thing yeah. that like makes more quirky it was just no I I think it's it's that was something that it was just like I mean I get the whole like bad I think it was supposed to be like quote-unquote funny but it's like she's known these guys for over 500 years and she still has not she this just shows the depths of I don't know anything about my friends right it's like oh you've just given Azrael like 50,000 knives cool but it's, I don't know. It was just one of those things that I think they did it to make it like a quirky character trait, but it was another one exactly of like, you don't really know your friends. You're not willing to like face things. Was it Azrael that gave her daggers or she gave Azrael daggers? I can't remember. I think she gave Azrael daggers. Right. I don't remember. It was just but like one you- of those things where she's like, I gave him this and he just puts it in a drawer. And it, it was just like a character trait of being like, I get that you probably run out of gift ideas after 500 years, but everyone's probably a bad gift giver at that point. Right. I don't know. It you was think- just- it was a weird, that was a weird comment. To have I did, I did love that everyone got Amarin like a bunch of jewels yeah. and she's like, yes. And I'm like, yeah, get it, Amarin. She just like, and I love her. And I love how her and Darian, her, herself. I love them. And she's like, all right, let's go, hun. And she's got her like big fur coat and he's like carrying all her little, all her jewels and gifts and everything like that. And she's like, all right, let's go. Like, they're just, I love them so much. Like her and Varian are just I Perfection. like what she's like, he will be coming to dinner and like shuts the door and you're like, okay. Yeah. 
<laughs> I think she's the only one that kind of stays true to character during this whole yeah. thing. And I love, I love her relationship with him. And I think that they're so funny. I, I will die on the hill that she looks like that chick from the Incredibles and that she, <laughs> like, she's so petite and small. And yeah. I, I just, I really, and her, it's probably my favorite of the inner circle. The very awkward, like, dinner conversation about. Yeah, this is what I'm talking about. Like, I get that you're humanizing them and you want us to relate more, but like, I really don't need to know that now Amrit has to pee. Yeah. I really don't. It's just not like a thing that makes me feel like now I have a better grasp on her character. Yeah, that's not necessarily something that's talked about at dinner. At least not in my family. We don't talk about like bowel movements and peeing, especially not when you're eating. Yeah. So that's just, I don't know. I mean, if you do, that's fine. Like you do you, man. But like, I don't want to hear about that while I'm yeah, eating food. I just was like, this is so cringy. I, I like, I like that they brought Amron back. I like that she gets mm-hmm. to be alive and like I said I think she's the only one in this whole book that doesn't change characters like her yeah. character traits stay the same she's not a totally different person with totally different views on herself uh, yeah and a very different internal monologue than what we've heard the last three books so I appreciate mm-hmm. that I love her relationship with what's his face and I would like to see some more character art and fan art of them because I haven't seen shit I've seen a very few things and I've seen a few that are that I liked but I haven't seen a lot yeah because they're like iconic they're More amazing. So than Feyre, Faysan. Just kidding. I, yeah. I hate them so much. I'm I sorry. I hate them so much. They're so cringy. And then you get the, and then you get the whole like this dress, you know, her wearing the starlight dress for the 10 billionth time and, and everyone just being like, like they've never seen it. And then, you know, and, and recent is like, yeah, my mom made that. And it's like very important to me. And this is where I've gotten all these dresses is because my mom made all these things like 500 or whatever, however long ago. And for my, she made the trousseau for my future bride and all that fun stuff. And I'm like, I mean, that's cute. Super creepy. But like a little, <laughs> and then yeah, and then it's like yeah. wow, you magically fit into this size. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like that's kind of how it felt, you know. It was like oh, it was meant to be because she knew your dimensions already, and you fit exactly into this, you know. And it just fits you. It hugs your curves, and it's just a perfect fit. And you're just like, it's a magic dress. I don't know. It was just like ew. I don't. <laughs> what is this? Th- what is this? The sisterhood of the traveling starlight dresses? Like yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> I thought that was a cute gift, but it was just a little, it was one of those ones that was a little creepy to me. I was like, mm, I don't like this. I can't imagine my dead mother-in-law being like, I made these dresses for your future wife. <laughs> you know, like, I just, I can't. But I appreciate that he didn't get that in front of the entire group. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. It's, Any other it's, a, no, I mean, I, there's just. I have some thoughts the on the whole... correspondence thing. She talks in the very beginning and kind of throughout the whole thing about how like they're so busy working their lives back in the court and she has so many things she has to answer and how like they're going to try and see if they can afford a secretary and all these things. And it was just, I get that it's like a parallel of the spring court, but some of that was just like a little, I don't know if it was like a nuisance, but it's just like so nonchalant about how she was like, we have so many things we have to deal with because now we're the leaders of this territory. Isn't that so crazy that Reese acts like an adult and doesn't roll his eyes when people bring things up? wow good for him what a good high lord and you're like okay good for you Feyre like you're clearly a child because you think that it's good of him to listen to everybody's things which Tamlin does the same thing and she says that Mm -hmm. in Akamath and in I think in Akatar too like she says it she's like wow he sits there I'm like there for hours and I'm sad and exhausted and he's over here just like fresh as a daisy so it's like I don't really understand what you were going for there they've clearly been trained to do this their whole lives and it just felt I was like I was so uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, you chose to be the high lady and you're complaining about having to listen to people's problems. And then also saying like, no, I love listening to people's problems. I, I just mm-hmm. love it. I love listening to people's problems. So it's like, pick one, I think. Yeah. I that part know. just I like just... felt weird for me as her being like the high lady and what, what was going to happen next. You know what I mean? Yeah. The whole thing was just kind of cringy to me. Just not kind of cringy. It was cringy. Like, what and I think her? that's it's a general consensus of this book. Yeah, I think a lot of people say that. And a lot of people say they skip it. This isn't Assassin's Blade. It's not like very well crafted. It's definitely a novella. Mm-hmm. Ugh, Just the Assassin's one. Assassin's Blade is good. What are your like final thoughts? I feel like we covered it all. I gave it a two because I hated it. Um, totally fine. I, this has been my least favorite read. It was, even though it's like 200 pages, it was so hard to get through. I was just, I just... I had to put it down a few times and I was just like, this is brutal. And so 
Yeah, I just, it wasn't my favorite. Amran, I think, like you said earlier, is the only one that kind of remained in character. I understand, like, the war changes people and blah, 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 blah. But, like, Resand as and Cassian all fought in the war before that was, like, what, nine years long? It was, like, years instead of a week. You know what I mean? And so I just, and not to say that any battle is, like, not great or is, like, better than the other, but it's, like, I, I don't know. I just, like, I felt really cringy about just like kind of the change of dynamic of like Reese's personality, him being very like, even more so I think in this book, like macho male beat my chest, like look at me. Um, And I don't know. I just, I think they did Tamlin way. I think she did Tamlin just way dirtier than she should have. That's just not, I didn't, I did not like that. Same with Lucian um Nesta I think you know I don't know I just it was not it was not for me how about you yeah I probably go about the same two stars I had a really hard time getting through this I finished pack of war and picked this up like immediately afterwards trying to just get through it so we could record all this and stuff but it just felt it was too hard I almost like I almost didn't want to finish it like I I really struggled trying to get through it and like read it quickly and just experience whatever was happening in here. I think the character changes are just too drastic for me. I think they go back on a lot of things that they said in previous books. I think the first time I read this, I spaced it out significantly, like months in between each read. So like it was kind of coming back and remembering everything that happened and all that, that made me like it more. Uh, but this time around, like reading it back to back to back, it just, it wasn't it. I, I I'm, I'm ready to read A Court of Silver Flames because it's a different POV. It's, it's a fun perspective. I think things are a little bit different. It's spicier. It's more dramatic. I liked it when I read it a year ago. I'll be interested to see if I like it again, but this one was just awful. It was such a struggle to get through this book. I, I'm glad I'm closer to my Goodreads goal. (laughs) So that's where I'm at. Yeah. 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 So, well, not, not a favorite. Not a favorite. Top five fave for sure. Just (laughs) kidding. Um, If you guys want to, you can join our February book club. We'll be discussing next week, probably, or the week after um, on one of the weekend days, just going over it. If you would like to join our Patreon, we would really appreciate it. Um, We launched earlier this month on February 1st. And basically it's just, it's bonus content, bonus episodes, ad-free episodes, some fun bookish goodies, and just us in our general shenanigans so um, if you are interested in that please join the patreon we'd appreciate it if you like the podcast like the episode please share please give us a five-star review on apple podcast it would be greatly appreciated that's how people find us if you have any suggestions or things you want us to cover or things you want to hear please reach out to us dm us and yeah i think that's it yeah i think that's all we've got um mm-hmm. <laughs> Next week, we'll be covering Akasif, and then after that, we will be doing Crescent City, both of the books. We are super excited about what we have coming up. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Okay, bye. <laughs> bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bookish Banter podcast this week. We would appreciate it if you would subscribe and leave a five-star review. Thank you once again, and we'll see you all next week.